Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. You know, guys, we've been going through the letter to the Philippians, and we've entitled this series, The Struggle for Joy, because the reality is, is I I don't know about you, but I remember when I first became a Christian, you know, people would say, well, God, I'm I'm glad you're saved. Everything's going to be okay. Well, you know, I've been a believer for 30 years. It doesn't get better. If anything, it's harder. The struggle is big. And a lot of times, you hear about joy, and especially in this letter, he mentions joy so many times about rejoicing in Christ. And you're like, yeah, that's what I want, but it's not there. The struggle is real. And so we've been looking at that whole issue as we've been going through this epistle in different ways that he's talked about it. We've come to chapter 3, and again, in the beginning of chapter 3, he's telling us again to rejoice in the Lord. But he also tells us to... Beware of people who would rob us of our joy by imposing, by imposing on us things that we maybe need to do for acceptance with God. And so he went through the whole, in the first part of chapter three talking about, well, if there's anybody who could talk about being accepted with God based upon what they do, it's me, Paul says, because I've had the heritage, I've got the education, I've got the religious acts. But all of that, he said, was what? Meaningless, except for knowing Jesus. Then he talked about that forgetting those things which are behind, forgetting his achievement, forgetting his failures, he's pressing forward, he's moving forward for Jesus, for the prize, for the call that is with Christ. And that's where we left off. And, And so now we're going to talk today about what does it mean to move forward? Because the reality is, is every one of us here, including myself, if, if we were to have an honest discussion, we would, you would, if I were to ask you and say, do you want to grow in your relationship with Jesus? Not very many of you here would say, no, you don't want to. If, do you want to have joy in your life? Not many of you would say, no, I really want to be miserable. Most of us here want to grow deeper with Jesus. Most of us want something more in our Christian life, do we not? We want something deeper. We we long for what Paul talks about here in this letter. How do we do that, George? How do we do that? Well, we're going to look today, we're going to look at the last part of chapter 3. We're going to look focus on verses 15 through 21. Paul's going to tell us how to do it. He's going to give us some guidance. He's going to give us some guidance. So let's look here together. Verse 15. He says this. Therefore, let us, as many as are mature, have this mind. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. Nevertheless, to the degree that you have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us be of the same mind. Brethren, join in following my example and note those who so walk as you have us for a pattern. 
For many walk, of whom I have told you often, and now tell you even weeping, that they are the they are the enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose belly is their God, whose glory is their shame, who set their mind on earthly things. For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we so eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body that it may be conformed to his glorious body, according to the working by which he was able even to subdue all things to himself. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to take these verses, we're going to divide it into three sections. We're going to look, first of all, at developing a mindset. We need to develop a mindset. That's how we move forward. We're going to talk about what that mindset is. We need to be on guard. Once again, he's going to warn us. That's how he started out this chapter, was warning us. Again, he's going to finish out the chapter warning us. And then he's going to talk about our future hope. He's going to talk about the future hope that you and I have. So let's look at this together. Because the reality is, is we all want to move forward, right? We all want to grow deeper in our relationship with Jesus. We want the joy that he's talking about that we should have. Now again, let me just remind you again, because maybe you weren't here when I talked about this earlier. He's not talking about you being happy. He's talking about you having joy in the midst of even difficult circumstances. Happiness has to do with your feelings. You know what I mean? God's not concerned about your happiness. He is concerned about you having joy in Him. So let's talk about that. Let's see see what we need to develop a mindset. First thing I want you to see is verse 15 tells us this, is that spiritual maturity understands the need for the relationship with Christ. Spiritual maturity understands the need for the relationship with Christ. Look at what he says there, verse 15. Therefore let us, as, as many as are mature, have this mind. What mind is that? We just talked about it. Forgetting those things which are behind and pressing forward for what? The prize. To, to be, have the fullness of Jesus in your life. Spiritual maturity recognizes it's not what I've done, it's not how I've failed, it's my relationship with Christ. That's what's important. And that you and I need to move forward. You know, this has become very real to me. I got saved in April of 1985, so it's been 29 and a half years now. And I'm going to be honest, 29 and a half years as a believer, 20 years as a pastor. Pastor, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I can tell you right now that the older I get, the more I realize it's only about Jesus. It's only it's not what I accomplish, it's not what I write. Am I getting recognized? It's not how big the church is or how small the church is. It's not any of that. It has to do with the bottom line, everything as I'm getting older, I'm realizing it all of that stuff is meaningless. That's why he said, remember what he said he considered it all manure? Rubbish? Some translations use the word dung. Why? Because compared to knowing Jesus, it's all meaningless. And you know that you're maturing spiritually when you come to the realization that that's the most important thing, is your relationship with God. 
Because you can't go back, can you? We want to go back. We'd like to change things, wouldn't we? But we can't. It's not what you achieve. Somebody will come along and do a lot better than you. In fact, you know, isn't that the, you know, I was thinking about that. Isn't that the conclusion of the book of Ecclesiastes? If you've never read the book of Ecclesiastes, maybe you need to, because Solomon, King Solomon, the wisest man in the world, the richest man in the world, says this about life. Vanity is vanity. All is vanity. I mean, he had everything. All the stuff we strive for, he had it all. And he realized that what's more important is, is God. See, spiritual maturity understands the need for the relationship. That's what's important. If you're going to move forward, the first thing you've got to grasp is, is how important is that relationship that you're wanting with Christ? Is it the most important thing, or is it not? Is it something else? Is it your job? Is it your marriage? Is it this, that, or another? Because I'm going to be honest with you, nothing will bring satisfaction to your soul. No marriage, no job, no amount of kids, no success. No big bank account. Nothing will bring satisfaction to the soul other than who? Jesus. Maturity recognizes that. He goes on and he says, but maybe you're here and you don't agree with that. I mean, the, the apostle, he, I mean, you got to hand it to him. He's already thinking because he knows that we're at different levels. And maybe you're here and you're like, well, you know, I don't know if I agree with you, George. I don't know if I really agree with that. You know, that maturity points to that. I don't know if I agree with that. Well, look at what he says there, verse 15. And if any, if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. What's he saying here? God brings us all to this understanding. He's going to bring each and every one of you at some point to the understanding where you realize it's Jesus. That's what's most important in my Christian life. It's not how busy I am, not how much I'm doing at the church, not how much I give, not how much I show up. It's not whether or not I leave a track in the bathroom at Walmart. Seriously, I'm, I'm, none of that, all of that is meaningless. You need to come to a place and recognize that if you're looking for Jesus, that that's because he's ultimately going to bring you to the point, through circumstances, even through age, where you realize it's only about Jesus. It's only about Jesus. So what does he tell us to do then? If you're going to, if you're going to move forward, what do we got to do, George? So I've got to develop this mindset that spiritual maturity is finding that relationship with Jesus, and he's going to guide me there. You're still not telling me what I need to do. Well, look at verse 16. Look at what he says there in verse 16. Nevertheless, to the degree that we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us be of the same mind. What in the world is he talking about there? Here's what he's telling us. We're to live up to what we know. You're to live up to what you know. The reality is, is you don't need any more new information. 
Well, let me, let me, let me take, let me get involved in this study. Let me, let me get this book on Amazon. Let me read this on, let me listen to this preacher. Here, I got a great series for you to listen to that'll give you the secret. No, he's not saying anything like that, is he? He's making an assumption here, and the assumption is, is you know. You know what you need to do. Live up to it. You've heard enough. Live up to what you know. That's the hard part, isn't it? Because we're, we're looking for some simple way to get there in a relationship with Jesus. And I'm going to be honest with you. Live up to You know what that means for me, George? You know what it means for George? Pray and spend time with him. Pray and spend time with him. Make time for him. Make time for him. That's what it means for George. What does it mean for you? I mean, seriously, okay? I know there, I mean, I, I think I just saw an article this week that said that their, 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 their viewership is going down, but maybe you're a Duck Dynasty nut here, okay? And you make time once a week to watch Duck Dynasty. And you're determined, what's, what, what is Willie and Jess and the boys going to do next? Great, wonderful. But do you have that same enthusiasm about your time with Jesus? Hey, it's football season. How's the Steelers doing? Nobody's saying anything. Must not be good, huh? But how, how excited are you about your team? Do you have that same excitement for Jesus? See, we, we gotta live up to what we know. That's where you start. That's where you go. There's no more new information that you need here. You gotta just decide that you gotta do it. You just gotta do it. So you know, you, you, you understand that all that matters is Jesus. Now live up to it. You gotta pursue him. Here's the warning he gives us. Be on guard. He's telling us to be on guard. Look at what he says in verse 17 and 18. But brethren, join in following my example and note those who so walk as I have as you have us for a pattern, for many of whom I have told you often, and now even tell you even weeping, that they are enemies of the cross of Christ. What's he saying here? Be aware of those who would lead you astray. Mark those who would lead you astray. What do you mean, George? Well, see, here's the thing. Can I just be flat out honest with you? We, we have this concept that people who lead us astray are the people who are going to show up at our door and knock on, and tell us about some false cult or a religion. That's not the people who are going to lead you astray. It's not the Mormon missionary or the Jehovah Witness who shows up at your door. They're not going to lead you astray. Am I right? Because you slammed the door in their face. I'm on guard. Hey, can I be honest with you? You have an even deadlier enemy. They come to church with you. They're the ones who tell you that the most important thing is whatever their issue is. They're the issue people. Do you, do you know what I mean? They're the people who come along and, and yes, we're against abortion, but the only thing they ever think about is the issue of abortion. 
and how wrong it is. And so everybody, if you're a Christian, you need to be on the anti-abortion bandwagon. And just so you know, we support Crisis Pregnancy Center here. We're anti-abortion because it is murder. But that's not the only issue. But for some people it is. For some people, it's when Jesus is coming back. All they talk about is eschatology and the second coming and and this, that, or another, and what the latest book says. And they want you to be focused on that. I'm going to be honest with you folks, that will lead you astray too. Now, we believe that Jesus Christ is coming back. We long for his coming back. In fact, in this passage, he talks about that it's our hope, and we're going to talk about that in a moment. But that's not the only issue. People will lead you astray. Here's one. Politics. For years we've had people trying to tell us, and I I just noticed now there's a big push to try to get a pastors to be able to endorse somebody from the pulpit. I'll never do that. That would lead you astray. Then there's the other guys who want to tell you where to go or where you can't go and what, how to dress and how not to dress and what to eat and what not to eat. How much to give, how much to serve. This is what he's talking about. He's talking about people who will lead you astray. You've got to be on guard because they will be the ones, remember he talked about them earlier, they will be the ones to what? Rob you of your joy. How do they do that, George? They convince you that you're only accepted with God unless you embrace one of these positions. See, now do you understand why he says you've got to live what you know? That spiritual maturity recognizes that it's only about Jesus? It's not the politic thing? It's not any issue or that issue or another issue? It's not any of that stuff. In fact, he goes one step further, and this is going to sound harsh. He said, they're destined for destruction. (gasps) How can he say that? Well, here's how he can say it. Look with me in verse 19, because we do understand it's very clear what he's saying, but he's going to tell you why they're destined for destruction. Look with me, verse 19. Of whose end is destruction? Whose God is their belly? And whose glory in their, who, and who glory, and whose glory is in their shame? Who set their minds on earthly things? Here's the problem with the person who will lead you astray, who's focused on whatever issue it is, or trying to tell you this, and telling you this is acceptance with God. The reality is, is he's saying, these folks are self-centered. They're only thinking about themselves and what they can get from it. They're not thinking about Christ. They're not thinking about His glory and what He wants. And so He says, their end is what? Destruction. You know, I've told you before, not everybody who comes to church, not everybody who says they're a Christian, is a Christian. How can you say that, George? Well, Jesus said that, Matthew chapter 7. He said, in that day they'll come to me and say, Lord, Lord, did I not do these great things in your name? 
And he'll say this. Depart from me. I never knew you. So you've got to be on guard. Let me ask you a question. Just flat out. Who is, it, who is it in your life that is, that is encouraging you spiritually? Is there someone in your life that is encouraging you to move forward, to grow in your relationship with Jesus, so that Jesus becomes the satisfier of your soul, no matter what's going on in your life? Is there somebody like that in your life? Even when the world goes upside down and everything is going wrong, you still have Jesus and the joy that you have there is from Him. Is there somebody like that encouraging that in your life? Or is there somebody else encouraging you to take down this issue or that issue or this issue that you can never achieve and so you always feel defeated? You know, there's a, there's a heresy right now that is defeating so many people. That God wants you to be healthy and wealthy. And the reason why you're not healthy and wealthy is because you don't have enough faith. And so many people are defeated because they wish they had more health or they wish they had things were better in their house. They don't even want more money. They just want to make ends meet. And it's not, life isn't, Doing right. So obviously it must, it's not you, God. It must be my faith, my friends. It's life. And that person is an enemy. Recognize that. So be on guard. Be on guard. So what do we do? Here's our future hope. Look at verse 20 21. For our citizenship is in the heavens from which we also eagerly, for, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body that it may be conformed to his glorious body, according to the working by which he is able even to subdue all things to himself. Here's what I want you to see. Two, three things he's going to tell us here. Number one, we belong to heaven. Some of you need to grasp that. You're just not a citizen of Clearfield County of the United States. You're a citizen of heaven. You belong to heaven. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you belong to him. You need to own that. And notice something. When you read the text, he doesn't say your citizenship is because you did all these other things. Your citizenship is because Jesus died for you. Not because of you. But because of what He's done for you. You belong to heaven. Now that, if you just sit and think on that a while, that'll free you. Now you'd see why we gotta be on guard. Because you vote a certain way and some guy doesn't like the way you vote and he says, well no Christian would vote that way. Really? Really? Be on guard. We are citizens of heaven. Understand that. You belong to Him. Here's the second thing. We eagerly await for the return of Jesus. Jesus. 
See, as I'm struggling, as I'm, as I'm going through life, as life is beating me up and as life is doing its thing and, and the struggle for joy is real, what keeps me going on the next step is realizing that one day I'm going to be with Jesus. One day he's going to come and he's going to set all things right. And I may not be able to, you know, there, there is no happy endings, folks, to things as far as humanity is concerned. We only just get by. The problems we think are solved only create other problems later on. Have you noticed that? That's the history of mankind. But one day all things will be settled. One thing, all things will be made right. But that's when Jesus comes. I, I eagerly wait for that day. Do you? Do you hold on loosely? Here's the third thing he tells us. And this is what's so wonderful. He will transform us into something glorious. You know, I, I'll be honest with you. One of the things that I so eagerly wait for Jesus to come back for is this. That I know that one day the war will be over. What war are you talking about, George? The war inside of me. The struggle with my flesh. The struggle with wrong thoughts. The struggle with attitudes. The struggle with being upset with somebody because they did me wrong and not being forgiving. The, the struggle, that the temptations to, to, you know, buy that candy bar at Walmart. But every time you go to Walmart, it's there, isn't it? And even though you bought it the last time, it's still there. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, I, I long for the day when he will transform me into something glorious because then I will know peace. I will be at peace. Do, do you know what I'm talking about? As you get older, you realize that. Do you know what I'm saying? As you get older, you realize. And the struggle gets frustrating. And you, and you begin to echo what Paul says in Romans chapter 7. The good that I want to do, I don't do. That which I don't want to do, I, I do. Oh, wretched man that I am, who will save me from this body of sin? And he says this. But thanks be to Christ Jesus. That's where it's at. Okay, so we're talking about moving forward. We're talking about recognizing that the most important thing is is Christ and striving after that relationship. And we've got to live what we know now. And we've got to be aware. And, and our hope is the future. So here's our hope. You've got to move forward. You say, well, George, I've messed up. Pick yourself up. Move forward. Do you not think he did not anticipate you messing up? I mean, think about it. He's a sovereign God who knows all things. You did not surprise him. He's not, he's not in heaven saying, oh, well, you know, there he is. I did not realize he was going to do that. That just changed the whole plan I had for him. How, look how silly that is. But we think that way, don't we? Move forward. 
Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.